you should consider stop boot, stopping bootstrapping. You should opt out of bootstrapping, I think, if you are ready to detach your money from your time. Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Welcome back to this week's episode. I have so much to say about this week's topic, which is bootstrapping your business. Should you bootstrap your business? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What even does it mean? This week's episode was actually inspired by an email that I got from one of my clients where she basically said, you know, sales were slow for her over the last few months, and she was considering whether or not she should make an investment in her business to increase her sales. So the email said, I'm wondering if you would advise that I keep putting in time and sweat equity to grow our sales versus getting some PR, including some paid ads. Um, She said, I'm getting a chunk of money soon, but I've been careful to not dump personal money into my business, which may or may not be a good thing. It's all been bootstrapped with an initial investment of a couple thousand dollars and really nothing else. So I thought this was a really great question on so many levels. And so I want to dive into this because I'm sure that many of you listening have had similar questions and you've thought should I be bootstrapping my business? Should I, you know, when am I ready to make investments in my business? When should I switch from me doing all of the time and putting in all the sweat equity versus, you know, investing in order to grow my business to the next level? And so I have so many things I could say, but what we're going to focus on is what does it actually mean to bootstrap your business? How does this show up? How do, how does this impact your business? How does this impact your mindset as the CEO of your business? We will talk through evaluating whether or not you should opt out of bootstrapping. And I'm going to cover three things that you need to get comfortable with if you want to scale your business. And I'm just going to give you a hint right up front. One of those three things that you need to get comfortable with to scale your business is not bootstrapping. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Okay. So actually, since I've been thinking about this email that I got, um, I've seen the concept of bootstrapping popping up just sort of unexpectedly. And I don't know if it's that people talk about it all the time and I wasn't paying attention or what it is. But um, for example, I saw just the other day, um, it was a post from August 17th on Blogilates on her Instagram she posted a reel where I thought it was actually really interesting. She was talking about 
how her parents basically wanted her to be a doctor or a lawyer and anything else was failure. And she went off and grew her business. And she was talking through some of the story of growing her business and, you know, overcoming the the challenges that she faced despite her parents not wanting her to go that path. But at the very end, she said, quote, that her business was bootstrapped from the beginning. And I just thought that was so interesting to see that there. So just zooming out, I looked up online, I googled, what is the definition of bootstrapping? And ultimately, what it comes down to is not relying on outside resources to do the thing. You are bootstrapping your business if you're relying only on existing resources only on money that you have generated in your business. And a lot of people talk about reinvesting their profits back into their business, which I mean, y'all real talk. A lot of times that's code for just spending a ton of money on stuff in your business. But, you know, a lot of the times people talk about this in terms of bootstrapping. But I think that the idea of bootstrapping comes down to this idea that I can do it better. I can do it best, so therefore I should do it. I very much grew up in a household where it was taught to me, without necessarily being said in words, it was taught to me that I'm not supposed to ask for help. It's virtuous. It's better to be able to do things on your own and not have to ask for help that If I ask for help from someone else, that it was putting an undue burden on them or that I was somehow not capable and that was a bad thing, right? So I was raised that way and I know a lot of you were too. And I think that this is very much a United States thing. I don't know if other countries are this way, but I think that whether you like it or not, agree or disagree, our country was very much founded with this like Protestant work ethic baked into its very core. And that really means like salvation is in the hard work. The virtue, your virtue is in working hard and, you know, being self-reliant. So as I'm talking, I am certain that you can see where this mentality can be found in your business. And I mean, I do that too. I am currently sitting here thinking back to the goals that I had at the beginning of the year and how I'm not going to reach some of those goals. And I know that I have held myself back from reaching those goals because I did not do a good job of delegating things, of building out my team the way that I needed. I may have to do, I'll do a whole other podcast episode on this, but I'm sure that you can find instances in your business of where you have thought things to yourself like, I can do this better, therefore I'm not going to delegate it. Or, you know, a lot of business owners hire team members and then they have a really hard time actually delegating to that team member because, yeah, they're not going to be as good, quote unquote, as you. You know, sometimes eventually they might be better after training, but you have to teach them what to do, how to do it. You have to show them your standards. You have to monitor what they're doing. You have to follow up. You have to give them feedback. And it's a lot of work to train someone else to do it. And so a lot of people will say, I would just rather do it myself because I don't want to deal with all this other stuff. And I know I can get it right from the beginning. 
And I think that goes right back to that same mindset of bootstrapping, self-reliance. But if there's something else I've learned the longer I'm in business, I'm learning a lot of lessons that the more my business grows. But another one is very much this idea of needing community. And I think that that is not something that goes along with bootstrapping, right? Needing to rely on other people, whether it is having them directly help you in your business or just having people that you can call up and talk to is the exact opposite of self-reliance, right? It's, it's getting help from other people. The other thing that I think of when I think about bootstrapping is frugality. So bootstrapping your business, when people say that, even though the definition of bootstrapping is relying only on the resources you generate, which could mean the profits that you generate in your business, a lot of people, I think, associate bootstrapping with frugality. And so like the client that emailed me where she said, where she said, should I keep putting in sweat equity or should I just go for these, you know, an investment into some PR? I think that this frugal mindset is one that is ultimately designed to hold us down, to keep us, keep us down. I see like when you look at a lot of personal finance advice out there on the internet, which I try to read because I try to keep up on it. I see a lot of people glorifying frugality as the path to wealth. For example, I see the Dave Ramseys of the world who I found on his website literally one time an article just talking crap about, (laughs) maybe not talking crap, but just really digging at people who go to Starbucks and buy coffee every day as if that's the habit that is bringing them down. And like, sure, maybe on the one hand, if you have an overall habit of spending on things you don't really quote unquote need to spend on, sure, that's going to prevent you from being wealthy. But also $3 coffees or even $5 coffees ultimately are not the things that's going to bring build your wealth or, or prevent you from building wealth. I mean, $5 a day times $30, is that $150 a month? I mean, sure, it's going to be, I can't do math off the top of my head, y'all. It's going to be less than $1,000 a year though. And so I really have to question, like, is that the thing that you need to focus on? And even if you follow the FIRE movement, which if you haven't heard of FIRE, I think most of you probably have, but FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. There are a ton of people who talk about hacking their way to retirement. And so what they'll do is they'll spend as little money as possible and they train themselves to live very, very, very frugally by, you know, renting out their house, not having a car, like getting really cheap on groceries, just all kinds of things. And, you know, they spend as little as they can out of their salary so they can invest a ton and then retire early. But then when they retire, they still have to live on that super low salary that they've set up for themselves unless they keep, you know, working for longer and save up more. But the whole point of fire is to retire as early as possible, at least for the way that I see many people interpreting it. I don't know about y'all, but to me, that sounds miserable. (laughs) That sounds miserable. Not being able to buy coffee, not being able to live in my house, wanting, feeling like I have to rent it out not being able to take on, take good vacations or anything like that. Like that sounds miserable. And I really truly believe that frugality is a way to keep us small. And I say that because I think frugality is the path to wealth, 
may be true for you if you live on a fixed salary. So if you're an employee somewhere and you have a fixed income, generally speaking, without getting a raise, if you have a fixed income, then yeah, sure, maybe the the fastest way to save and invest more money is to cut your expenses. But we are not employees. Or at least if you're listening to this, you probably own a business or you want to own a business. So I'm going to assume that you are not an employee or that is not your long-term goal. And I actually would think that the way to more freedom and more independence and more power in this world is for us collectively as business owners, especially as women business owners, to have more spending power because money is influence. That's like a whole other podcast episode I could go down. If you're enjoying my podcast, then you are going to love my exclusive weekly email series, Profit and Prosper Millionaire Mondays. As a business owner, you have limitless potential for the amount of cash flow you can create in your business, but your journey to building wealth might not feel all that straightforward. To convert your cash flow into real wealth, you need to do a bit of planning and strategizing so that you can be wealthy and be well, reaching financial independence and eventually retiring or relaxing early at your lake house, which is my plan. In my Millionaire Mondays email series, I share tactics and strategies for using your business to generate your first million dollars in net worth in the same approachable way that you get in the podcast. Sign up for my exclusive emails for free at profitandprosper.co forward slash millionaire. Bootstrapping in your business will manifest itself as a mindset that you have that you can do it better. You don't need outside help. You don't need outside money and you're going to do it your way. You're going to put in the sweat equity. So here's a question I have for you. How do you define success? Because when I hear people saying I've bootstrapped my business, a lot of times I feel that it is coming from a place of pride and not pride as in like one of the, you know, seven deadly sins or whatever, but just like they're proud of the fact that they built their business from nothing, which yes, I'm not saying that that's not amazing, but are you successful because you built your business from the ground up? Are you successful because you did the hard work and because you put in the sweat equity? Or do you define success differently? So I personally, I've been pretty open about this on many episodes, I think, where you know I talk about how I've been out of the corporate workforce for over two years now, but I'm still unlearning the conditioning that I had for over eight years of my work life. So I worked at Deloitte for four years in public accounting, where we worked crazy hours during large portions of the year. And then I worked, you know, in a corporate job where it wasn't as bad, but it was definitely still this mentality of if you left before five, people gave you the side eye, even if you got in at seven o'clock in the morning. Now, I never got in at seven. I was like rolling in at nine, but that's beside the point. Do you still buy into this idea that more work time is success? And that to make more money, you have to work longer and work harder than everybody else. And I would hazard a guess that you don't want to think that way. Maybe we should consider 
when it is time to stop relying on our own sweat equity and make some investments to grow our business beyond just ourselves. Okay, my next question for you is this. Do you want to be self-employed or do you want to be a business owner? The two things are different. A lot of people, when they start their business, myself included, was self-employed, meaning you create a job for yourself. If you stop working, the business stops making money because everything relies on you being there to constantly keep stirring the pot. Versus what I would define a business owner as is somebody who owns an asset. And the asset is something that will produce cash flow for you and it's not connected to your time. So you're going to make money off of your business, whether you are staring at your laptop, whether you are shaking it on Instagram, as my husband likes to say I do, which to be clear, I do not dance on Instagram. But anyways, do you want to be self-employed or do you want to be a business owner? You don't have to be a business owner to be successful. You don't have to be a business owner to reach your goals. But I think a lot of us want to be business owners and we want to get to this place where we have more passive income and we generate really significant wealth for ourselves. But we're stuck in self-employed land and it's actually really difficult to shift from self-employed to business owner. I think especially when you consider everything I've talked about with having this bootstrapping self-reliant mentality just baked into everything that we do. Like there's so much that you have in your head, in your brain that is pushing back, that's resistant against shifting to where your money and your success is not tied to the hours that you work anymore. As I grow my business to seven figures, I literally cannot do it all myself. And The more that I continue to try to do everything myself, the more that I lead myself down the road to burnout. And so if you want to be a business owner, whether you want a seven-figure business or not, I think you have to learn how to step back and become the business owner. Let's talk about three things that you need to get comfortable with in order to grow your business. I think these three things are applicable to you, whether you want to become a business owner or if you're okay with being self-employed. And to be clear, just really quickly before I dive into the three things, when I say self-employed, I really mean when you are a freelancer, a contractor type of person who you're not necessarily building a business that operates using, you know, a team or You're not building out courses or software. I think of people who are like freelance web designers, freelance, you know, VAs, things like that, where you are operating freelance and you are working for yourself, but it's not necessarily going to be a business. And I want to be super clear and say, you can absolutely be successful and do that and not have to build a business. I think most of you do want to build a business. So let's go back to the three things that we need to get comfortable with in order to create a successful business that doesn't just rely on you being there day in and day out. So number one is this idea of leverage. When we talk about leverage, a lot of people tend to be, they tend to think about debt, leverage in terms of debt. And that's where, I mean, my husband has a master's in real estate. He's very into real estate, like, and he'll talk about, you know, 
all of the returns that you can get using other people's money in the form of leverage. That is one form of leverage, but it's not the only form of leverage. And I believe that you need to employ leverage in your business if you want to grow it past the solopreneur stage. And there's a difference between growing a business and scaling a business. Scaling a business, scaling is a very trendy word these days, but scaling a business, in my opinion, very much depends on leverage. If you want to grow a business, you have to have a process defined where you put in the inputs and outcome the outputs. And hopefully the outputs are worth more than the inputs. That's a successful, profitable business. To grow your business, you do more of the inputs and then you get more of the outputs. On the other hand, scaling a business is where you have your process and you figure out how to, instead of having to increase the inputs and increase the outputs on like a, in a linear way, meaning like increase the inputs one time and you increase the outputs by one, or maybe it's a 3x, scaling a business is really exponential to where you increase the inputs a little bit and your output increases a lot. And that is because of leverage. And so as a business owner, I think to get out of this bootstrapping mentality, we have to get comfortable with the idea of leverage. And that leverage can be other people's money, like using other people's money to invest in your business and grow it significantly. It could be using other people's time, for example. So you figure out the process and then you hire people and put them into the respective seats to execute that process. So then the process runs without you. That could be another form of leverage. You could even think about ways to automate your systems, automate things getting produced. Maybe as a service-based business owner, you have specific assets. This would be like a course where like, instead of teaching everybody individually your process one-on-one, you create a course or a group program where you get one-to-many, that is leverage. And so we have to get comfortable with the idea of leverage, which inherently is anti-bootstrapping. Because leverage means we're no longer relying on our sweat equity to to do the thing anymore. But you just cannot grow your business beyond a certain point without employing some form of leverage, I believe. You'll You'll be capped out with growth up to a certain point. The second thing I think you need to get comfortable with is the idea of risk and reward. You have to learn how to evaluate risks that you can take in your business as a CEO and decide, is this a risk I'm willing to take? How likely is it I'm going to get the reward? What happens if I don't get the outcome that I want? What will happen to my business? We have to start evaluating the potential risk and reward. I think to illustrate this, I like to ask this question of, what would you do if $100,000 fell into your lap completely free, free and clear, nobody's coming after the money. You don't have to pay taxes on the money, or maybe you already paid taxes on it. You have $100,000. What would you do with it? I think that a business owner who is free of this do-it-yourself mentality is going to look at that $100,000 differently than somebody with an employee mindset. 
So the business owner is going to start thinking of ways to how can I employ some risk and get a potential much larger reward out of that 100K? How can I take that $100,000 and turn it into $500,000? Meanwhile, somebody who's got an employee mindset is more likely to think of it in terms of what can I buy with $100,000 that I couldn't have afforded before? You make 100K, you spend 100K right? Versus the business owner is going to make 100K, invest 100K, and hope to get back 500. So getting comfortable with the idea of the risk and the reward, but at the same time, if you lose your 100K, what happens? Is that okay? Right? Will your business make it? We have to learn to evaluate these things and get comfortable with the idea of risk. I think we also, this goes hand in hand with getting comfortable with making investments and thinking through the ROI. So ROI, return on investment. And I think it's a question of, you know, do you have enough capital generated by your business? And when I say capital, I mean, do you have enough profits that your business generates to reinvest and grow your business? Or do do you need to put outside money in to do this? So in the example from the client that emailed me, she said, I've only put a couple thousand dollars into my account of my personal money. I personally am expecting to get a chunk of money soon. And she was thinking like, hey, is it bad if I take this money and put it into my business? Because her business didn't generate that profit. She's putting it in from another source. This is where we have to think through just not just the risk and the reward, but also the investment decision of What am I going to get back if I potentially make this investment and is it going to grow my business? I've also, I'll tell you, I've been having this conversation with my husband a lot lately because I have been working behind the scenes over here to revamp my group coaching program, the Profit and Prosper program. He was like, well, what if you took, you know, $30,000 out of our personal money? What could you do with that to get 100K back? And I started, you know, rattling off all these things that I would do. And he said, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you do it? And I mean, that's probably yet another podcast episode for another day. (laughs) All the reasons that my brain comes up with to tell me why I can't do that. But again, as a million dollar business owner, you have to get comfortable with the idea of investing in addition to getting comfortable with the idea that you might lose your money. Okay, and if you lose it, hopefully it's not the end of the world, then you probably should make the investment in the first place. To summarize, when should you stop bootstrapping your business? And is it okay to bootstrap your business? One, yes, anything is okay. As long as bootstrapping and you relying solely on yourself is okay with you. If that is in line with your definition of success with your overall goals, you should consider stop boot, stopping bootstrapping. You should opt out of bootstrapping, I think, if you are ready to detach your money from your time. And really, you're ready to think about ways to become that next level business owner. So I hope this was helpful for you to think through and hear my thoughts on bootstrapping. And before I go, I do want to put in a really quick note about I am about my, my group coaching program. I am over here behind the scenes working really hard to revamp my program after running it for about a year. I have all kinds of ideas for things I want to teach you as a business owner about using the cash flow in your business as really the fire starter for growing your wealth. 
whether that is making that choice to invest your money back into your business or to get outside money to invest to grow your business faster or taking your money and investing it in something else altogether. So if you want to get in on that when I do relaunch it and it'll probably be in October when I relaunch it, you can get on the wait list at uh, my website. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it is at trustyoungco.com forward slash programs and the waitlist link is in there. I'm so pumped for this program to relaunch because I have literally just gone back through and said, if you're a business owner who wants to make more money from your business and actually really grow your wealth, if you want some accountability to doing that, I have redesigned it to go deeper into that. And I'm, I cannot wait to relaunch it. So that is it for this week, y'all. And I will see you back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now, I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.